Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, going live two places. Who am I? Look at us go. So we have two questions um, that I received this week. I received one last week. We've been off for two whole weeks because of the holidays. We're back, babies. How is your brain doing about being back? I was talking to someone about this. I was also talking to my child, my 12-year-old who I homeschool about this. And it's almost like our brains, we need to dust out the cobwebs sometime, get our brain back in in motion, right? So what is your brain doing being back? How are you doing? This is our check-in. I want to know how you're doing. Let's do this, okay? So one, I'm struggling with my teen. Nothing I say is ever what she wants to hear or needs to hear, apparently. And I'm so sad about our relationship. One. Number two is this. I'm so upset by the state of our country. I'm heartbroken by the division, and I don't know what to make of it. So those are two. I promise I will do them in order. Like I, I received the first one first, so I'm going to get to that first. Um, these are not in order of importance. We're just, it's just in the order in which they were received. So I wanted to talk about this. Um, I love the book that I can't think of right now. It's Porcupine in a title, How to Hug a Porcupine, I think. And so I want us to think about this. There are people in our lives. They are our children. They are our cranky teens. They are our coworkers that don't really, we don't see eye to eye with. There are employers. There are country. It doesn't matter what it is. There are people in your life that probably don't agree with everything you say, that don't, aren't ready to hear what you want to say. They just aren't in a space where they're feeling good about all the things, right? They're going through their own experiences. They're going through their own lives. And oftentimes we make that about us, right? We often say, I've done something wrong because this, this relationship is strained or this relationship is hard. And it's very interesting. I um, am finalizing the edits or to the uh, next month in the Courageous Life Society. We're doing courageous connection, courageous love. And I'm sending that over to the editor <clears throat> this weekend. But um, I was thinking about this in great as I'm also raising a 12-year-old. And here's what we know from the principles of behavioral psychology, right? And also cognitive behavioral psych, is that what you focus on, you get more of. What you focus on grows. So sweet friends, what are you focusing on? Let's say your teen, you see often so much your teen's behavior. You see the angry eye rolls. You see the, ah, the you know, the guttural annoyances that you're so annoying, all the things, right? 
But what we know from the principles of behavioral psych is that we reinforce what we want more of. We don't shock someone because we don't give negative reinforcement, but that's how we were parented. So that's how we parent, right? We try to get them to change their behavior by focusing on what isn't working. And how many of us do that in our own brains? We're gonna focus on the bad parts of ourselves and try to change from there. And here's the deal, sweet friends, you probably know this in your own life, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so what we do is focus on our strengths, is focus on what we want to get out, what we see is good, and, and you shape that, you reward, like taking your first step to exercise or you reward all the things you want instead of beating yourself up or beating others up or chastising them in your brain or judging them in your brain you're going to look for all the positive you're going to look for all the great things that they're doing and learning and becoming and so I invite that in your relationship with, with your children, in your relationships with your spouses, in your relationships with your employers or your employees. How do you start the process of recognizing what is good, what is working right now? So often what happens is our brains, because of the sweet negativity bias, our brains get stuck in a loop of, of negativity and judgment and overwhelm and, and disgust. I know I have certain people um, that are hanging out outside my door, so you guys will get the polished version today. Um, but I know that when I start having feelings of, ugh, they aren't doing what I want them to do. They're not creating what I want them to create. They're not behaving the way I want them to behave. I start looking for more of, of what they're doing wrong, right? Because my brain wants confirmation bias, right? It wants to believe what I've always thought. So you're gonna look and you're gonna see them making mistakes making all the things, doing all the things. And so I want you to see all the ways that your brain is looking for confirmation of what you are thinking about this. How many times is your brain looking for confirmation that your teenager is annoyed with you or that your child is being bad or that your husband doesn't pull his weight around the house? This is, and I say this as no judgment, right? Because we all have these thoughts Right. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pointing at myself right now. So I want, I invite you to have an honest conversation with yourself about the judgments you are making about someone else and the thoughts that you are making it mean. So often when my teenager is grumpy or cranky, I think they're not they're not trying, they're always gonna be cranky. My, you know, I'll do it even with Theo, like he's having a hard time, he's always gonna have a hard time at school. It's that all or nothing thinking that we often so, so often um, look for. It's a cognitive distortion. You know, in the Courageous Life Society, we're doing the 30 day courage challenge. 
What if you join us, eh? What if you decide that your courage challenge is to, to like look for only the positives for the day? Only, only the positives in your, like in your child. For one day, you're going to try to shape behavior by focusing on that positive. It is, and I also want to say this, there is a cognitive trap, a cognitive distortion, and it is discounting the positive. So your brain is going to want to only recognize all the ways that it is bad, right? It's going to say, oh, my child took out the trash without asking. Well, they should have. Instead of saying, Hallelujah, we've made big strides here. We're changing, we're growing, we're, we're gonna discount it. Perhaps it's your husband that you're struggling with and you're like, oh, never does anything around the house. Well, that's all or nothing thinking. Surely he does something, right? Or maybe your employer's super cranky and, and you, oh, you have this antagonistic relationship. What if you could Find something that you like about this person and you focus your brain on that. I am not saying, and please hear me on this, sweet friends. I am not saying that you use thought work to, to keep yourself in a bad situation. No, 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 no. We are not saying that. And here's the deal. With our children, they, they, we will have to shape their behavior. That is what we are called to do. That is the relationship we have with them. But you can shape behavior in ways that you were not taught. You can shape behavior by seeing the positive. But if it's a relationship with an adult, here's the deal. You can say, this is my expectations. This is what I expect out of you. And then you hold that. That is on you. It's not like if it's what you will do as a result. So I offer you this as to see. So we are training our brain to really see the positive in this. We're not gonna fall for the cognitive traps. We're gonna focus on that positive. And this could be even our own relationship with ourselves. So I hope that this brings some understanding of the work and how we shape behavior. We can shape behavior by, by not always focusing on the negative. Now we can say, you may not treat me that way. You may not say those things, teenager or other person. I will, I will walk away. This is my expectation of the way our relationship would go. And this is what I'll do. But I, 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 it's on you. You are in control of your thoughts and emotions and actions. I will help you I will, if you're my child, I will coach you around what that looks like. But this, but what I'm in, in charge of is not how my kid acts. I'm not. I'm in charge of how I respond and what I make it mean, my thoughts and emotions about it. Okay, so questions about that, please. I'm always here. We can follow up with that. The second point, sweet friends is we are talking about, I'm upset by the state of our own country, of my own country. I'm heartbroken by the division and I don't know what to make of it. Oh, sweet friends, this is where our, our so many of our brains are right now in, in pain and in confusion 
and in overwhelm. And it might be about our country. You might be watching this from an, or listening to this from another country, and you might be dealing with, I'm so heartbroken over the COVID pandemic. I'm so heartbroken over the deaths that we have experienced as a world, as a, as a, um, just the, the, you, the planet. So I am not here to say what this might mean for you, but I'm here to put this into context. It's okay to feel all the things, right? You've heard me say this before, but I really want to say it in this context. So often we think, I need to just get through this, or I'll distract from it. So often I'm like, I just won't watch it. I'll just pretend like I'm resisting it. I'll just pretend like it's not happening. But I also need you to know that you are entitled to your own emotions. And the next person is entitled to their own emotions as well. And I do not get to say what is right or wrong or hard or good or right for you. All I can do is make those choices for myself. We have different thoughts that create different emotions. Many of us have different thoughts about the outcome of the election, which lead to feelings. You can even have many the same thought about the election, but it will create a different emotion in you based on what? Your history, your experience, the way that you are processing those thoughts. And so I offer this to you to say, everybody's emotional experience will look different and we are not here to judge. And I want you to hear this. I, I, I coach and I offer this, this explanation to you from a place of compassion. But I've encountered client after client this week who have been overwhelmed and I've asked them to write out their thoughts about what is happening in this world. What is happening like in, in with the, what their thoughts are around what is happening in the U.S. with our politics, what is happening with COVID, what is happening with someone that, like how they're processing death. And I want them to look at that with intention and with a real understanding of, of what that means for them, for them in the context of their own life, not the context of someone else's life, not the context of, of what they think it should mean for them, what it actually means for them. We have to get clear about what is driving the way you feel right now, and that's your thoughts. So Henry and I did a quick chair process. You know, he is not a fan. That, that previous conversation, the first question that I addressed, I'm struggling with my teenager, could have been a question I wrote. Um, and he's not always the, fan, the biggest fan of when I use the tear process to help teach and understanding. But what we were doing was saying, everybody is, it has their own thoughts that create emotions, that create actions. And so we get to decide what that makes. And we are seeing a whole community right now, a whole world right now with the pandemic, with that our, that our thoughts are driving our emotions and that is leading to action or inaction or overreaction. 
So I invite you to understand that resistance, what is happening is when we are resisting our emotions, we don't want to feel something. We don't want to let others feel something. And we are understanding that all of this resistance, and you know I am deeply influenced by the work of Dr. David Burns. If you haven't read his books, Feeling Great, Feeling Good, um, When Panic Attacks, I think everybody should read his books. He's a um, psychiatrist turned cognitive behavior superstar, if I could say so myself, right? And he is saying we resist around two, two ways process resistance and outcome resistance. But I wanna talk about the tear process as it relates to our president, right? It's totally fine. He's running his own thoughts in his mind. And this is all what we think is happening in his brain. I don't know what is happening in his brain. I don't know what's happening in my husband's brain. I can't, I can only guess so that it makes me feel some understanding of where he might be coming from to help me put into to a conversation or an understanding of what's going on. So we ran the tear process for Trump. Are you ready? His thought is, I should be president. This is unfair, right? I mean, yes, there are a ton of other thoughts, right? But it boils down to this is unfair. The emotion is anger, right? Wouldn't we all feel anger? And the action is overreaction. We talk about there are three types of actions, overreaction, inaction, or just straight action. And so we often see so many people in the country overreacting, overreacting to saying this is unfair about COVID, overreacting to all the things. I'm the classic overreactor here, people. So let, <laughs> yes, so let that be an example here. That like, this is, this is our, it's our thoughts that drive our emotions. And it is in that emotion that drives the action we take. And so he is saying, his thoughts are, I'm really angry, I didn't win. And no one is coaching him on how to feel the emotion, right? No one is saying, you have a right to feel angry, but you do not have a right to overreact to that emotion. That's what I tell my children all all the time, right? You can feel your feelings. Please feel your feelings. We've got to feel it to heal it, sweet friends. But the thing is, we cannot overreact. It's like my angry cleaning example. When I am mad about the state of my house because I'm the only one who cleans, my emotion is anger, my action is overreaction. I'll angry clean and make sure everybody in my house knows that I'm upset. And so that is, is well, A, not what I want to model, right? And it B, it's, it's a response to me not taking ownership of my thoughts and my emotions and saying that other people are causing me to feel the way I feel. So when we look at the tear process, we see someone who is not feeling the way they need to feel, who is not dealing with their experience or a whole group of people who is not really confronting how they feel and the thoughts that are fueling that action. And here's the deal. We can't control whether people will deal with their emotions and their thoughts driving those emotions. We can't. We can't ask our spouses. We can't ask our friends. We can't ask our children. We can't ask our president. 
But what we can do, sweet friends, is, is have our own backs. We can require those. We can hold those accountable for their actions. And so, so many people mistakenly believe that they have control over their circumstances, right? This is a classic example. So many people mistakenly believe that they have control over other people. They have control over the outcome. And this is where we see resistance, that resistance that we were talking about. And we also, sweet friends, cannot control someone's situations, but we know we can control what our reactions and our expectations of what we expect in, in like this rules of conduct or this code of conduct. And so we can, if necessary, hold others accountable for their actions. And this is for our teens and our children. This is for our elected officials. We cannot control how they think and how they feel about things. But we can say that if you take this action, this is what we will do. Simple. So it's not up to me. It's not to tell you how to feel ever. It's not up to anyone to make any comments about how you should think and how you should feel ever. And so if you are in a relationship where someone is saying you need to think and you need to feel this certain way and you need to do this, that's, don't get me started on couples therapy. I have this written in the Courageous Life Society, uh, co Courageous Connection. When couples go to therapy and they're like, I need you to tell me what you need. I'm like, sweet sassy. We own our thoughts and our feelings. Now, we may want something of someone. We may want some, someone to act a certain way or to do a certain thing, but here's the deal. You cannot, you don't need anybody to act or to think in a certain way. You can want that, you can expect that, but you cannot need because that you own your thoughts and emotions and actions, right? It's the only thing that we have control over, not our circumstances, not what someone else does. Sweet friends, so passionate about this. Because I think we have for so long believed that we can control others. We can control by our, our, if we're good enough, if we act well enough, if we're lovable enough, people will respond the way we want them to respond. And in fact, sweet friends, that is not honest. What we live, we live our lives being in control of our thoughts and emotions and actions, not our circumstances, not other people. Thank you, Dr. Albert Ellis, who said the only thing you can control is, or construct or self-helping thinking, feeling, and acting. And so I think that we all have really a learning opportunity in this moment. We can take this brokenness, we can take this civil unrest, we can take all of this and say to ourselves, 
What is it that we are creating with our thoughts and emotions? What actions are we taking in this world, sweet friends? Apparently, I miss my calling as a, uh, like a preacher. Boom! What are you doing? And how are you owning your experience in this world? What is it that you want your life to be? Because to me, every day we get the choice. We get to choose our thoughts. We get to choose our emotions. We get to choose our actions in this world. It is our, no one can make us feel, no one can make us think the way that they, that we think. We get to choose that. We get to run the tear process, thoughts, emotions, actions, results on other people all day. It could be right, it could be wrong, but you were perspective taking. You're like, you got your thing, boo. You do you. But here's what I will do. I will do me. And I will be responsible for me. And if I am not comfortable, if I am not comfortable with what you are doing, if I am not safe, if I am not okay, if I know that I need to take different action, I will do that for me. Sweet friends, I love you all. You have your own back today. You do what is right and what is necessary for you. It is not for me to say, of course I have opinions about it because I have long hair now and I've got lots of opinions about things, right? No! It is your life. It is your beautiful, one wild and precious life. You live it the way you need to live it. You own it. And if you are like ready, do it. It is never too late. It is never too early, sweet friend. You do what you are called to do. Life is too short. I don't, I'm getting like angry. Life is too short. Sweet friends, I love you all. My I'm very proud. My 20 minutes is only 25 minutes. Look at us go, right? I just invite you to say to yourself today, what do I want to think and feel this day? Because I cannot control the chaos around me. But I can control what I think and what I feel and what I do. And that matters. Our voices matter. Our thoughts matter. We have fought for the right to have a voice, to have thoughts and emotions about things. Doesn't mean that we need others to believe what we believe. If you feel you are worthy now, you know that you matter, that your opinion matters, but you don't need to convince others. What if you just are living as an invitation of this work. You're living as an invitation of being the light and, and showing others what is possible if they do the work. Bam. Okay. Happy Friday, my dear loves. Happy day. Do something courageous today. Take your 30-day courage challenge. Do something today. Use the anti technique. You're going to acknowledge your primitive brains. I'm so freaking out. It's so scary to do something courageous. Like I'm feeling all the fear. You're going to name the need for courage. Like I can do this. 
I need to practice courage. I love practicing courage. You're going to direct your attention back to courage when it goes to fear. It's the ant technique in a nutshell, right? So I love you all. Also, we went live two places and I'm going to put this on the podcast. Look at us go. You can do anything. Any action is yours. And why? How does that work? your thoughts and emotions about it. Okay. I love you all. I'll see you very soon. XOXO. See ya. Now I have to learn how to end both of these um, at the same time. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.